Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, You might have noticed last week I took a little uh, unplanned break, but for those of you that have been listening to the show, we are finally in our house. So unpacking definitely took a toll on me, and I thought y'all wouldn't mind a little little one-week hiatus, one-week break, but I am back. I am in my office, and I am just so inspired and have so many new ideas, content ideas, program ideas, masterclass ideas that are going to be coming your way soon. So keep an eye out for all of that fun stuff. Um, A couple things happening in the overnight trainer world. My clients right now are, I, I went away for a week, but let me tell you, they did not slow down. We had job offers, Uh, I can't tell you how many clients in my group coaching program um, were applying to roles and hearing back from them for first interviews, same day, next day, (laughs) two days later. Uh, So it's been really amazing. Um, Final interviews are happening right now for so many of my clients. And I know many of you listening, uh, especially those of you that are educators, you know, that you're kind of on a timeline. I totally get that. I know a lot of you want to make sure that you have a new role um, come August, you know, the start of what would be a new school year for you. And so just know that if you're looking to land and start a new role by the time, by the time August rolls around, you are not too late. You definitely have the time to do it. Uh, you just have to have a really great strategy to do it. You cannot throw spaghetti at the wall. So um, a couple of things that you might be interested in to fast track your uh, your success in finding a brand new L&D role. Uh, I have my group career coaching program. I talk about it a lot. I would love to have you inside of that. But I do have, also have a new program coming out. It's a four week long program called L&D Career Confidence and Clarity. The whole goal of that program, it's four weeks long group coaching style, is to uncover your confidence through ultimate career clarity. Uh, I'm going to be doing a special podcast episode all around that, so stay tuned. Uh, That'll actually be a bonus episode that's coming out today as well, so depending on which one you're listening to first. Uh, So go ahead and check that out to get more information, plus a special bonus for podcast listeners. You know, I cannot leave y'all out. I appreciate y'all so much and want to, you know, to celebrate the fact that you're here by giving you a special offer. Um, but yeah, two programs for, for you that are running right now. Just so you know, if you do join the group coaching program, the six month long program I have around finding, landing, loving your LD role, you do get that career confidence and clarity program included in there for free. So if you've been kind of on the fence or thinking about joining uh, that six month group coaching program, again, you have six months access, doesn't mean it'll take you six months. Uh, it is very much a um, customizable program to your timeline. Uh, you do get that career confidence and clarity uh, course for free. So totally, totally worth worth it when it comes to there. Uh, So of course, feel free to DM me if you have any questions about it. Would love to have you in either or both of those programs and getting you set up for success for when it comes time to land this new role. You have time if you're looking to start in August, uh, but you got to have the right strategy and I'd love to help you through that. All right. On to today's episode. I am so excited. So you all probably noticed And I mentioned this too in the beginning of the episode, Uh, but I haven't had guests on for a while because I've had to reschedule, actually basically cancel, I have to go now and reschedule um, all of my guests because the internet wasn't great in some of our Airbnbs and bringing my podcast equipment with me and all of that stuff. So um, Christy is the first guest that I'm having back on the show. And so about once a month, you'll have a, you'll hear from a, a guest. Uh, in the L&D space and beyond. And so I'm so excited to welcome Christy to the show. She is a networking coach and an instructional designer. And her focus is on coaching introverted professionals and how to show up 
authentically as themselves to build real, real guys, real sustainable professional relationships through inclusive strengths-based networking and mentoring. So Christy has a background in counseling and through that, she really learned that relationships matter most. And now she blends her coaching, her instructional design, and her counseling experience to bring an authentic approach to your networking success. I know you all are going to love this episode with Christy. And in it, she introduces a new program that she is running as well. And that's going to be an eight-week-long uh, coaching program all around networking for introverts. Uh, so she does have a coupon code to uh, to offer to all of the overnight trainer listeners. So if you do, if you after listening to today's episode, if you are interested in joining Christy's program, head down to the show notes for all the information on how to grab your discount for her program. All right, on to today's episode. Christy, welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so Thank excited you. you're here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. I'm super pumped. Uh, as many people who are listening to this, they probably have realized that I have not had a guest on the podcast for a very long time. So you are the, the first guest back to the Overnight Trainer Podcast uh, through all my Airbnb fiasco, which all the listeners are very clear on what's going on there. So I'm super happy to have you. And I'm pumped to have you on the show for a million reasons. First of all, because you're one of the most incredible people that I know. Oh. <laughs> and on top of that, there's some really cool things about you. And I really want to talk about them all today. You know, we're going to be talking about the, you know, the big, scary, sometimes scary topic that people have around networking and doing it authentically. But you also have a really amazing, authentic lens to how you approach networking as a networking coach that I know will make it a lot less scary for people too. So that part really excites me. What also excites me about having you on today, I know people are going to love to hear, is your story around how you are not just a networking coach, but you're also an inclusive instructional designer with a pretty non-traditional career background. So you, I think the listeners are like, holy shit, (laughs) who is Christy? I want to be Christy right now. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself, talk to us about your journey. So I know you were counseling, then to ID, now moving on to coaching. So walk us through who is Christy Woods and what's your story? Uh Yeah. When you say it, it seems like a lot. And and I have to like think back and be like, yeah, I have done a lot with my life. And it's been really cool. Um I uh, you know, I um, and we can talk about this more a little bit later too, but I have always really valued relationships. And um part of that is uh my upbringing. I have a brother who is on the autism spectrum who's older than me. And so um and it's just him and I, and this is like, you know, in the early nineties is when my brother was born. And, uh, it's, it was difficult, I think to, for my parents to know what to do. Like nobody knew what to do with autism at that time. And, um, so there was a lot of focus on him and and a lot less focus on me. And so I learned that, um, if I focused on building relationships and kind of um, getting that attention that I wasn't necessarily having for my parents, because they were doing amazing work with my brother, um, then I was feeling fulfilled. And so I have always loved like one-on-one relationships. Um, and when I got to college, I thought, what am I going to do <laughs> with my life? I was not one of those people that knew exactly what to do. And I, I sort of fell into um, psychology and I was lucky enough to go into a bachelor's program that had a counseling psychology bachelor's program complete with a practicum. I saw clients. It was amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's one-on-one relationships. It's everything I've ever wanted and didn't have when I was growing up because my parents were so amazing with my brother, but not so much with me because, you know, who can, who can spread themselves so thin, you know? And, um, I was like, this is it. I'm going to be a counselor. So I, in the same year that I graduated with my bachelor's, I graduated in May. And then in August, I started a PhD program in counseling. So I skipped the master's. I was like, I don't care. I want to go. I want to be a licensed psychologist. Like this is for me. Um, and I, I did really well. Like I, I, uh, loved my courses. I did some research that was really impactful. 
I got to teach um, undergrad students, so I got to make connections there, and then I counseled, and I counseled some really hard populations. Um, and at one point, I uh, started to think maybe I don't, maybe I don't like counseling. Um, and it was a shock for me because I, I had valued relationships my whole life, like they were so important to me. Um, and through like a series of, of different events that were telling me like, you need to, you need to leave this program. You know, my health was failing, my relationships were failing, my mental health down the drain. It was awful. Um, and I ended up withdrawing from that program after doing three years, which is a very long time to be in a PhD program. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what do I do? <laughs> um, so I kind of like, um, fiddled around, um, and, and I, I think a little bit like nursed my wounds of like, I'm, who am I, if I'm not a counselor and who am I, if I'm not focused on relationships. And then I found my way to higher ed and I started in advising, which, um, for me, it was like counseling light. It was all of the great things about counseling without having to get into like the mud of the emotions. That is what really drained me. And, um, and then again, I was like, me, I don't know. Do I want to be an advisor for the rest of my life? I don't know. That, that doesn't sound like it fits for me. So each time I was kind of feeling like I was meant for more, but not really sure what that looked like. And, um, I had never even heard of instructional design. I, I uh, didn't even know it was a thing. It's not one of those, you know, like police, doctor, lawyer, <laughs> teacher uh, careers. And so um, I happened to meet uh, an instructional designer at the, the college that I was working at, and she was hosting a presentation on getting organized or something. And uh, I was like, whoa, what? instructional designer like that sounds really cool and um, I don't even know what that is but it sounds cool just by the name and um we met over the series of like nine months several times um chatted about like what it is that she did what you know what could I do to possibly get into this to break into this what are the skills you think I need how can I upskill is the education important? I mean, all the stuff that lots of coaches focus on, um, she and I met over the course of nine months. And then eventually a position opened up and it was in her department. And it was perfect. It was like the, the gates of heaven opened up for me. I had been doing all of this upskilling. Um, I had built a lot of instructional design into my role as an advisor. So I took on like faculty liaison stuff, project management, worked in curriculum. Um, and it was just perfect timing for me to um, to move into instructional design. So all of that said, I've been doing uh, instructional design for about a year and a half now, which has been amazing. And I lucked into a department that really focused on inclusion, which I love. Um, and I like to tell people like getting a degree in counseling is like getting a degree in diversity. You learn how to work with a lot of diverse people and, and how to build relationships with them, get them to open up to you. Um, and, um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of been my niche uh, in instructional design is to focus on, you know, how do we make uh, learning inclusive and how do we make it accessible and what do you do in the design process that does that? And then what do the teachers do or the facilitators do in the actual like facilitation to make that happen? Um, so yeah, it's been really cool. Um, and along those lines, I realized that I could pick up the things that I had learned about counseling again. Um, so I didn't want to be a counselor again. That was not for me. Couldn't do it. Um, didn't want to do it. And I could though coach people and coach people, um, in my role as an instructional designer, right? So you're working with SMEs, you're working with faculty, you're working with your team members to kind of get them all on the same page. Let's design something collaboratively. Um, and I found that I used like all these counseling skills in instructional design. And then I was like, whoa, I don't have to put this down. I can still utilize this um, and still come back to it. Uh, and then I eventually I uh, found my way to coaching and did some coaching focused on like getting into instructional design and loved it. But what I loved more um, that kept coming up for me was this relationship building. The people that I worked with were like, how do I talk to this person? <laughs> like, what do I do? I just send them a message on LinkedIn. Um, how do I leverage networking? And I had a lot of um, clients that 
were introverted and had never thought that networking worked for them. And so I was like, all right, there's something here. Let's let's go forward with it. So so now my nine to five instructional design focusing a lot on inclusion and my five to nines networking um, and when coaching people how to do it in a way that works for them and not having to feel like they have to fit into a mold to make it work. I love that. And you have such an incredible journey and so many things came up for me, but the biggest thing that I was just feeling actually while you were talking is what I think people will take away from this is how you took you, you first, you lean into your intuition. You're like, Hmm, something's not feeling right. And rather than maybe you did force it a lot, maybe longer. I don't, don't know the whole backstory, but rather than forcing it and saying, well, I'm here already, I must complete this program. I must be a counselor. You really leaned into your intuition and your body was telling you, you know, all, you got all the signs. Like I always say the universal slap you in the face, slap punches you in the face. Um, you got punched, but <laughs> yeah, rather than pushing through that beating, essentially you made that conscious choice to say, there's gotta be something else out here for me. And now doing that multiple times and seeing how you're able to really pivot essentially based on your intuition. I think something's really special to be said around that. And I know people listening, whether they're trying to transition into learning and development or they're already in it, you know, we are always all, even as a, as business owners, we're faced with pivots too. And so it's, it's really leaning into that gut feeling I was talking this morning to a client and he's like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of mindfulness work. I'm like, let's do gutfulness work. Like let's, uh-huh. you know, let's lead into like those gut feelings that we have that are telling us something's not right. And how do we make that better? So I know I really took that away from your story of just trusting, trusting yourself and knowing that, Hey, there might be something else out there for me uh, and leaning into that. And then of course, leveraging network, networking and relationship building and how special that story is that this has been something that's, I don't even think I knew that about you and we're friends. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm learning so much. We're friends. Um, yeah. You know, but how, how that's been something that, and and usually it goes that way, right. Where there's something we've experienced from very young ages and it, Mm -hmm. it lends us to be able to look at things through a unique lens and that's where your relationship building comes from. It's a really beautiful story. And it's obvious too even, I don't even know if I knew that's the way that you got your instructional design job. Cause it's so yeah. interesting to hear, right. Like the way that networking has played a part in your success. Right. So, yeah. And, and non-traditionally, right. You didn't send a message and say, Hey, hire me. Job. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Give me, exactly. give me a job. Right. So when did, when did you really realize that networking was something worth exploring and leveraging in your own personal career? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I realized it until I was already doing it <laughs> and, and then could kind of look back on, on it. And, um, and part of that is that you just never know when you're going to meet someone and they're going to impact you. Um, and you can, you can try and plan for those things. You can try and like, say like, okay, I'm going to network with three people at this event. And you know, it's going to be life-changing. You can try and plan for that. But sometimes, you know, you may not have chemistry with someone. They may not actually be a good fit for you. Um, and so what I love to, to, um, to do is kind of map out networking and, and how it has impacted my life in this really unplanned way. Um, and I know Sarah, we were just talking pretty recently about there's this career theory called planned, um, happenstance, which is basically saying like, you have a goal in mind, but you have your peripherals open because your goal can change with these unplanned events. And I love to think about networking in that way. Um, because it just happened that I attended this workshop that this instructional designer was facilitating. It just happened. And actually, um, I wasn't even going to attend it, but I ended up taking, like walking my dog and like jumping on zoom by calling in, which I never do. Like if I'm not on my computer, I'm not going to do it. So it just, you know, it just happened that I did it. It happened that I met her. And then I, and then we were able to create such a great relationship that carried on into um, our employee relationship. And she ended up, you know, being a large part of my growth in instructional design. Um, and I can, I have a bazillion examples. Like that's just one example in my life where networking has made such a big impact. Um, but I think, uh, what I've learned too, um, is that 
um, lots of people have lots to give and you may happen to meet someone that's like, yeah, like I, I want to live in this nuance. I want to be able to kind of be okay with not knowing what it's like. And then it opens your eyes and you're like, whoa, yes, I want that too. And you had never thought about it before, you know? Um, so I, I, I couldn't say that like, there was a moment where I was like, yes, networking works for me in my personal life. But I, um, can say that I, I then was meeting people that were like, I don't like networking. I'm not interested in meeting people. Um, it makes me feel awkward or weird or uncomfortable. And I was like, what, why? Um, and I'm introverted. I, I, need a lot of downtime. I have um, a high level of energy, but like it depletes quickly. Um, and I couldn't understand why people didn't want to do that. And I looked back for me and was like, look at the impact that it could have on your life. This is why you want to invest in these relationships and was able to like see it from people that were like, I don't want to do it. And then they did it. And they're like, whoa, I like met someone who um, I was able to connect with over a series of times. And now I'm like on a completely different trajectory than I ever could have been. And that's what I like love about networking. I love that. I, um, I wrote down what you said. Lots of people have lots to give. And I think it's really important to remember that. Uh, I actually I had a, one of my group coaching calls this morning and networking, funny enough, networking came up and one of my clients just re- having a, a conversation with someone with with no ulterior motive other than to have a conversation. And the person's like, oh, we have this role here. I would love to refer you for it. And she's like, I wasn't even like, wasn't even thinking yeah. that. Like I had, I wanted to more talk about this like one specific aspect of something. Right. But in having this conversation, that person just gave. They had yeah. so much, not only information to give, but they had an opportunity to give too. So, you know, I think making sure you're, you know, when you go into it, I think a lot of people get scared because they don't think someone's going to be on the, wants to be on the receiving end. But I feel like with networking, it's so mutually beneficial, right? When you, if, if, when you go into it that way, the ulterior motives of that's how we met, right? Like, I know we formed yeah. this great friendship from that of we're just here to learn, learn from each other. And so it's, it's, it's so interesting, all the different perspectives people have on it, but I really love what you said about, you know, lots of people have lots to give and it's, it's that abundance thinking of networking versus like, I don't want to bother. What if they hate me? You know, mm-hmm. what if it's awkward? It's, it's just remembering, you know, lots of people have lots to give and the ones who don't want to give, like, screw them. We don't want them anyways. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> you have to, you're totally right, Sarah. And you have to also go into networking with an, a really open mind um, and, and not with a specific goal in mind. Yeah. I think that's the difference there too, because nobody likes to feel used. So if I get a message from somebody on LinkedIn and they're like, Hey, I'm connecting with you. Cause I want a job, which I have gotten by the way, mm-hmm. um, not that I'm hiring. I get those too. I'm like, I, what? I don't yeah. have any roles anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ballsy. I'll admit I, it does get my attention, but it doesn't feel that great. And, and there are so many people that that doesn't feel authentic to them. Like they would never go to somebody and be like, Hey, give me a job. Now there are some people that that is authentic for them. But I think when you show up as you and you say, Hey, I just want to get to know you. I think what you're doing is really cool. I'm interested in it. Can you tell me more about it? Like there's such a different vibe to that. And people are so much more willing to give when you are open to the possibilities that might come from meeting them and not friending them to get something like that you don't have specific. yeah exactly yeah so I mean I think that kind of goes into my next question and you know diving really into networking itself but you know, yeah. oh that hearing that word I know people even reading this title of this episode they're gonna be like, oh, like, yeah. oh. like <laughs> makes them nervous makes them queasy like makes yeah. them feel sleazy like you know yeah. like, don't feel good about it. You know, why do why do you think networking has gotten such a bad, scary rap? Like, has it always been this way? Is the pandemic bringing it to light more? I really would love your thoughts on what why why is it so scary for people? Why does it have a bad rap? Yeah, I well, if you think about networking, <laughs> um, I actually talked to two people this week, and they both said the same thing, and I was like, well 
what is happening here? Um, but they were like, yeah, I used to think networking was like for white men on a golf course. And they both said exactly oh. that. And these are two people that are like, no, like both of them are not in learning and development. Like these are two people that are so far removed from each other, like complete opposite sides of the United States. If you like, all can see Christie's arms right now, they're stretched out. <laughs> they're nowhere near each other. Yeah. They're nowhere near each other and they have never met. They're not connected in anything. And they both said, I thought networking was just like white men on a golf course talking to each other. And I think that it may have come from that. I actually don't know, like who was the first person to coin networking that would be lovely to like go into but I think that there's this idea that networking is only for um the majority it's for the dominant it's for the uh the the white man on the golf course it's for these people that are so elite that they need to build business relationships and I think that that excludes a lot of people um and so when we even when we think about like networking events um most often you will see like a speed networking event and and that kind of event is really geared at people who are pretty aggressive um and and i'm i'm using aggressive purposely i think it's an aggressive tactic to network on a speed networking you get like five minutes and you have to like sell yourself and there's this idea that you should like exchange business cards or follow each other on LinkedIn. And then, and now you should like make business partners with these people. Um, but it's, it's not really how you build relationships. Like if you're, if you're honest with yourself, if you've ever attended like a speed networking event, like how often do those like come to like a fruition of an actual relationship? Not very often because it's not enough time. It's too fast. It's aggressive. It doesn't work for people. And so I think, um, you know, combined with this idea that if you are not a white man who is really extroverted and is good at selling things and you only have speed networking events and there's not really much else out there, then like, hell yeah, networking's not for you. <laughs> You're totally right. Um, but networking is really about relationship building. And I, um, when I first started exploring networking, I was actually learning about like social emotional learning, which like kids get taught. Right. So if like all the teachers that are listening to your podcast right now are like, yes, I know SEL. Um, but we, we often don't come back to SEL as an adult. So like in college, Nobody teaches you about relationship building and respect for other people and diversity and those things. Like you're expected to kind of learn it subsequently, um, but like that's it. So I think if we can um, focus on networking as building relationships and look at anybody in your life, like how do you have friends? How do you have a partner, a significant other? How do you build relationships with your family or um, your coworkers? Like those are all networking opportunities really because they're relationships um and you don't have to necessarily fit into this like very prescribed box of what networking could be and I think that's what really limits people when they think like nope networking not for me not doing it running away every time yeah and it, it's so interesting I, the point that you took in it feeling that way because it networking has an, an elitist undertone or the way that networking once was or probably still is in, in a lot of ways is for the the one percent or for for the elite and it's very um exclusive and when you don't feel included that can feel bad and scary and and all of those things too so it, it's that when when I was coming up with that question I didn't, I went into open-minded of what that answer would be, but th your answer made me think now even more around, wow, that's it really the way things have been done in networking. It is very exclusive and there's a, an elitist, it, it really gears towards one person and one type of person. And I hear that and as, as someone who is aggressive, as someone who can pitch themselves in five minutes, right? It's, it's being able to look at the lens of that other side and I know you've, because of that, focus a lot of your efforts on helping to coach introverts through networking. So what was it that really led you to want to serve that community? Yeah, well, I think it was this, um, you know, this experience 
coaching clients um, to get into instructional design or learning development and working with introverts and them telling me like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to network with people. And for all kinds of reasons, right? It's they're scared. They don't know how to, they don't feel comfortable. Um, and, and it took me back because I'm an introvert and I really value networking because I really value the relationships. And so I, um, started to think a little bit like an instructional designer and thought, what's different that's happening here and, and what's working for me that could work for other people so that I could think about how I might design something for them to, so that they can see that there's another way. Um, and yeah, I just think that those pieces kind of fell together and it just happened to be that, um, a lot of people who were saying networking set for me were also identifying as introverts. Um, and they were also identifying as like, I want to build deeper connections. I cannot do speed networking. It's exhausting. Um, so like all these pieces that are kind of, um, thrown into introversion, um, they kept coming up. It was, I'm talking to somebody and, and I'm networking with them. And they're like, I don't want to network, even though we're actively networking, we're actively building a relationship. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. So there, so there's this skewed perception that kept coming up. And then these, all these different things that, um, people were saying. So I, I started to look at it, um, as to like what I was doing differently. And, at the same time, I was going through a really like personal energy journey. And um, I talk about this like in my content a lot around like energy management. Uh, and when I learned about energy management, my mind was blown. I was like, whoa, why has nobody talked about this? Um, because I think we assume that if something is energy sucking, it takes away the energy from us that we shouldn't do it. But that's not necessarily true. We just need to find ways to then bring that energy back because energy is renewable. It's not like a finite thing like time where it's like you, you lose the time, you don't have it anymore, it's gone. Energy you can build um, over time and you can kind of stagger your days, your weeks, your months um, around what gives you life and knowing that there are things in life that you have to do or that you want to do that may take up more energy, but that's okay because you can um, replenish that. So I was going through all of this energy work myself and then hearing all these things from people who were just like me, introverted, but um, just felt like they couldn't do it and, and didn't know how in a way that would feel good for them. And it just all kind of collided um, and it worked out. I love that. Yeah, I, I do a lot of work in, in energy also and I no coincidences, right? I, the call I just got off before recording this is exactly what my entire coaching call was with the client around mm -hmm. you have the battery, right? And you can recharge a battery, make sure that you're, as you're depleting, how am I now figuring out how do I recharge and re-energize and all of those things. And you know, definitely for introverts, right? The way that they get energy and recharge is different than the way extroverts do. And typical networking, right? I go to a networking event and I'm recharged by that. Right. A lot of introverts pro that probably is. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy is like, like nope. shaking her head or eyeballs are all big right now. She's like, nope, not. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's keeping that in mind. So let's talk tangibles. So I'm sure people are like, give me yeah. the goods. So talk to us about where do people go wrong in networking? And then I want to move into ways to make it more authentic. But let's start. Where do people go wrong when it comes to networking? And this could be introverts, extroverts. It could just be the, if you want to focus mm -hmm. on one, that's fine too. But it's kind of where do you see the big mistakes happening? Yeah. So I would, I think that um, the biggest uh, thing that's going to lead you astray is if you're not being authentic to what feels good for you. Mm, um, yes. Love that. So listen to that, listen to that again, rewind. <laughs> Yeah. Rewind it minus 15 seconds. Come yeah. back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Double tap. yeah. Yeah. If, if you are trying, if you are trying to fit into what somebody has told you, what networking is, and it doesn't fit, then you're in a house that is too small for you. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to move around. It's you're going to have trouble every turn. But if you are, um, paying attention to your energy, knowing what gives you life, um, and scheduling your time around that and then doing some strategies for networking that 
feel better for you, then I think you're a lot more successful at that. So for instance, somebody might say like, oh, I don't want to like just message somebody on LinkedIn. Great. Don't. <laughs> that's not what that's one way to network. It is not the way. It's not the only way. It's one. And if it doesn't work for you, you don't have to do it. And I think so much networking, um, you know, books around introversion, um, networking programs have all kind of focus, not all, but a lot of them have focus on like, you just need to be more extroverted. You just need to put yourself out there. Just try it's don't worry. It's just fear, which like, okay, cool. But also like, you're still going to be uncomfortable because it's like talking to people. Maybe you might be anxious around, which is different than being introverted and needing some energy. So you kind of have to figure out what works best for you. Um, my favorite thing is to give people strategies that is not networking um, and like a speed networking event and not like cold messaging on LinkedIn. So um, I uh, really focus on like um, talking to somebody that you already know. <laughs> like you don't have to meet someone new. You could just talk to someone that you already know and build that relationship. Like I said, um, my like first instructional designer friend, I talked with her over nine months. Okay. So that's like nine months of uh, Zoom calls, like once a month ish messaging on Slack um, and connecting and sharing back and forth on what, what it is that I could work on and how we could continue to build our relationship. So it wasn't um, me like meeting one person and meeting another instructional designer and then meeting another one and then meeting another one. Like I didn't have to have 18 instructional designers to figure out what I wanted to do and how to go forward. Um, so just talk with people that you already know um, and build that relationship because there are plenty of relationships in our lives that could need a little bit more uh, gardening is what I like to say. Like you could that. probably go water it a little bit, give it some nutrients, um, go tend to it. Um, and that's a great way to continue to build relationships and not feel like you have to put yourself out there to people who are strangers for you. Yeah. And I think it goes, goes back to all that relationship building, right? Like relationships mm -hmm. don't get built in five minutes or in 10 minutes, or even right. sometimes multiple hours. Right. And, you know, I think we had talked about it earlier too, around, you know, having an intention, but not an ulterior motive or you know, right. having an open, an open mind around that. And what's interesting is I'm seeing now clients of mine who I coached early on in my coaching practice, who are now ready for their next level mm -hmm. when they were looking for roles and they networked with people and were having conversations and learn like more from a learning perspective, I call it proof of concept they stayed in touch with those people and they continue yeah. to nurture the relationship, right? I feel like a lot of people get the job. They're like, bye, like catch y'all later. Thanks for your help. Yeah, like, yeah peace out. Like, th yeah. thanks. Mm -hmm. But I have clients and I have one in specific right now who's going, like making sure she's, she's not looking to leave right now, but she knows that where she is is not her forever home. And so she wants to make sure that she's continuing to nurture relationships, not just for her next step, but for her own learning, for their learning and staying in touch too. So I think it's important to keep that in mind as well of, you know, I, I feel like, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on like people just creating the relationship for the moment and then, and then just ending it. Right. And it's yeah. like, that's not networking either. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, there's so no. much more to it. Yeah. And I think there's like a, there's a little bit of hesitancy of like picking up a relationship that you have dropped. <laughs> I think that's kind of challenging for some people. Um, but it's, it's as easy as saying, Hey, remember how we used to connect? Do you want to do that again? And then people are like, yeah, <laughs> why haven't we connected? Lots of people have lots to give. <laughs> lots of people have lots to give. And, um, and I've done this too. Like I, just because I network, um, more, you know, like that's my, that's my life is networking. Doesn't mean that I don't like accidentally or let things accidentally drop things or let things fade away. Um, but you can always pick them back up. And that's why I like focusing, like my number one strategy is like talking to somebody you already know. Cause you don't have to like 
you know, hi, my name is Christy. What's your name? How are you? What do you do? Like those things, the small talk that people do not like to do. You don't have to do that. You can like pick it right back up and like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out like, what does mentorship mean to me? And tell me about like what your sponsorship looks like, right? Like those are, those are way deeper conversations that you can have, even if you haven't talked in two years, which I just did last week. Like I was like, Hey, remember when that time when we talked and <laughs> pre-COVID, can we talk again? Um, and it's still a beautiful relationship and you can still um, connect in a really meaningful way. Yeah. I love that. I'm laughing. You know, I'm, everyone knows I'm like so honest on the show, but I'm thinking <laughs> about like I, my therapist and how I'm, I was like, I, I can never leave my therapist because like I don't have the capacity to like tell everyone, tell a new person my whole story again. Like she's, yeah. stuck, she's no, whether, whether she likes it or not, like she's stuck with me because I can't, I like I can't build I can't build that relationship again you know and so it's like thinking about that in terms of like yeah networking right you already have that foundation and I could go months without you know y'all you'll know what I don't go there uh, I go weekly everyone um but I could go months if I needed to and I have in the past where but then you pick up right where you left off and I feel like so many relationships are like that and a lot of people like oh we haven't talked in two years whatever it may be like they might be having that same thought of like, oh, I'd love to yeah. talk to them. We haven't talked in two years. Right. So maybe that, yeah. maybe that's where that fear, like that little fear comes in where it like, let's push past that fear of, of reaching back yeah. out to a, a, a genuine connection you already have. Cause my thought is if it was genuine, they're going to be happy to pick it back up too. Right. Yeah. And I love that you're talking about like the fear of it too. Cause no, I'm not asking anyone to like, let go of the fear. <laughs> you can have fear. You can still like take fear along with you. It's going for a ride because nobody's telling you that you have to be comfortable or like, yeah, just put your stuff out there to be great. Like you're still going to be uncomfortable. You're still going to have some fear, still going to have some anxiety, but it's the action. I think that then like proves that the fear wasn't needed. It was yeah. just a response. It's okay to let it go now. Yeah. And what, what brought up again, when you were talking and you just mentioned it again, so it re-sparked my memory of there's a difference between fear and inauthenticity, right? Right. So like if something doesn't feel in alignment or doesn't feel it or feels inauthentic, that doesn't mean it's fear. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like, put yourself out there, go and do that, get rid of your fear. It's like, it's not actually a fear. You, society is telling you it's a fear, but it's really yeah. that your gut, it, it, it's so inauthentic to you that you feel sick because you're like, this is so out of alignment with me. And so right. I feel like people externally might look and say, that's a fear that you have. And it's like, no, it's not a fear. It's just a misalignment. Like that yeah. doesn't mean it's a fear too. Yeah. And sometimes the fear comes from society. Like we, mm -hmm. I feel like there's the message that's like extroverts are better. That's the message that society gives people. So then if you are not extroverted, oh my gosh, how much fear will you have? Like trying to reach some out to somebody. But I think when you can embrace like what works for you and what is authentic for you. I think that fear lessens a little bit because you don't have to try and pretend to be somebody or not. And you can build on your strengths because introverts have a ton of strengths, especially relationship building. And you don't have to sit there and be like, oh yeah, I'm like super excited <laughs> when you're not. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's great. We want that. I, I love that point. Yeah. And it's funny because talking about society, right? Mm -hmm in tying your two passions together, inclusivity and networking. Yeah. How, how can we as a society create more inclusive networking experiences? And this is for my extroverts out there too, like mm -hmm. who, who are hearing this and saying, wow, all these experiences are geared towards us. How can we as extroverts make it more inclusive or how do we, as people who facilitate, I know a lot of people listening, facilitate networking events mm -hmm. and circles and things like yeah. that. So as a society, as humans, how do we create a more, inc more inclusive networking experiences for people? Yeah. I mean, I think you've got some big things in that, uh, down with the speed networking. That's <laughs> what I would say. Death to speed networking. Death to speed Christy's here with her torches. She's outside your speed networking, speed networking <laughs> event right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even that it's just not inclusive, which it's not. 
um, it also is just not helpful. <laughs> so like, it doesn't really work. I think that people do it because it's kind of an easy event to run, like it runs itself, but it's not, it's not really doing what you intend to. So I would say let, let's let go of speed networking for sure. Um, the other piece, and this kind of fits into um, like universal design for learning, which I love the instructional design nerd in me loves when like topics that would work in like a course creation and design fit in your life <laughs> and universal design for learning is one of those things. If you are developing a course um, and you're using a UDL principle, one of the things that a lot of people will bring up is voice and choice, which is just giving them the option of of expression and giving them the option of how they choose to um, represent their learning. So in the same way that I might say, hey, you can do an introduction video or you can do text or you can do an infographic or a slide presentation and all those things are great because I just want whatever feels most authentic to you. If you do that in a course, you could also do that in networking. So it doesn't have to be that I am in a Zoom meeting with 60 other people and I have to unmute my mic and say something because that's a high risk situation. But I might be able to um, write in the chat and introduce myself. Um, I just attended a, a really great um, discussion group where someone used Canva as like um, uh, somewhat of like a bulletin board for people to write notes on and they used it collaboratively and everyone's voices were heard everyone got a chance to share and they didn't have to necessarily like talk um, in it so how that relates to networking is knowing that networking doesn't have to be face to face all the time it can be asynchronous um, and you can allow for people to uh, record ahead of time and share videos that way and have a networking space there. <clears throat> so there are many things that you can do that really just let them choose what feels best for them um, in that moment. And I love when that when that happens and, and letting people decide, yeah, I don't really have the energy today to be uh, on camera. I'm gonna be off camera, but I'm going to you know do really well at like chatting and whatever that looks like for them. So special. And I was just, I, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about some of the asynchronous relationships that I've built and you know, we have a mutual friend in Heidi Kirby. And I was thinking about Heidi and I like DM'd each other for like a year before we ever even at one point we're like, I think we need to hop on a zoom now. Like, I think, <laughs> I think we're best friends now. So we, we should probably know each other <laughs> a little right. bit more, but you know, it, it's again, me being very extroverted. I don't, didn't even think of that in that way of like, this is, this is a way where it can be facilitated. So how, how then going back to like being the ones hosting networking, how do we facilitate? It's less about facilitating conversations, more about facilitating opportunities. Yeah. And I, I mean, you could too facilitate conversations too. Like one thing that um, helps with a lot of introverts is like time to process. So again, another reason why speed networking doesn't work because you have five minutes to share between the two of you. It's not enough time to process. So if you had a networking event and you wanted them to get to a deeper level of conversation, say you have a networking event about being a woman entrepreneur. There are a lot of deep things that go into that societal beliefs, microaggressions, knowing your worth, all of these things that you could get people to chat about. And you could share an agenda ahead of time with questions that you're going to prompt them with. So they can kind of think about what they might say and what they want to share and what they feel comfortable with. And that's totally cool. Like, that's great. That's perfect. It'll work for everybody and they can prepare. That's great. Yeah. I think the, the preparation is, is, is key on that too. And allowing, it's not just a free for all, you know, right. allowing that, even if that time for reflection is before the networking event, yep. it doesn't have to be, okay, everyone take five minutes, think about this and then, you know, respond. But if we're giving them, giving people and any people, right. This is, mm -hmm. I think this is beyond introverts, right. There's, yeah, it is. I think this moves into, you know, neurodiversity and inclusion in general, right. That just mm -hmm. people pro and just humans, we all process things uniquely differently. and differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love that. I think people who are listening, even if you think about it from an organizational standpoint, you know, that's yeah. a huge thing inside of organizations. You mentioned it before, right? That we're, you're creating relationships with your coworkers and your managers and, you know, interdepartmental 
And as you are facilitating these relationships, keeping these things in mind too, of you know, if I want to meet and have a chat with someone, maybe I send them a couple of questions ahead of time that I wanted to talk to them about, or you know, really just kind of thinking beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's yeah. a, a, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's, if I had to pick like one of many probably core p- principles of networking, it's just like, it's not just about you. <laughs> Yeah. It's about the relationship. It, yeah. It takes two yeah. or multiple to tango in this situation. It, yeah. I mean, you can have a relationship with yourself. I'm all for self-love. Yes. Yeah. Self-networking. <laughs> hey, self. Here's the agenda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's about the relationship. And when people know that they're cared for and, and important in your life, then it's going to come back to you and you're going to feel cared for and important in their life. And it's, that's the reciprocal reciprocity what's that word reciprocal it's reciprocal reciprocal, yeah yeah Um, I was gonna say relationship karma (laughs) or networking networking karma networking karma (laughs) yeah even better yeah and and you know what too like this doesn't just have to fit into networking it can fit like just like what you're talking about in the workplace and one of my favorite places that it could fit in and I wish it fit in more is in the interview process like Mm. give people questions ahead of time you can do that there's you can no, do that. You hear that hiring managers? You can do that. Yeah. There's no benefit in hiding questions. Like, what does that do? It doesn't do anything unless you are like, I don't know, training them on how to deal with an emergency. And that's a scenario. Like that's a totally different thing, but like instructional design is not an emergency. <laughs> like you can give them the question. I love you. I say, I'm like, we, we are not open heart surgeons. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can all wait. Like we, everything will be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Give them, give them the questions ahead of time and build the relationship during the interview. Ask them about how they are. What are you doing? How's your family? Where do you live? And you can build, you can ask those things with deeper questions that aren't such small talk questions, but I think those things make a difference. And it's one of the reasons why I am at um, the college I'm at. Like my interview process was a conversation. It wasn't like a drill of me, like seeing how much I can prove myself. Like they just wanted to know who I was. And that's, that's a different type of um, situation going into. Yeah, for sure. So if someone is brand, brand new to marketing or marketing, networking, <laughs> someone's brand, brand new to networking and, you know, they're hearing this and they've been, maybe, maybe have some fear, maybe it's feeling inauthentic to them. Where do you suggest they start? So I know it's overwhelming, even for people who aren't introverts, you know, there's a lot of extroverts who have a lot of fear around networking. Yeah. too. So what is a good first step to get your networking toes wet? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, it's some mindset work around, um, what, what about networking makes you not want to do it. Cause I think that will a little, it'll determine a little bit for you. Um, cause introversion doesn't necessarily mean that you're shy or that you have like social anxiety. Mm-hmm. You could, an extrovert could also have those things. Oh, I'm extroverted and absolutely have social anxiety. It's a yeah, weird dichotomy sure. inside my brain, but yeah, absolutely. Especially post pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that like, if your, um, if your fear around networking is that you're afraid to be judged, that's a very different thing that like, then, um, uh, networking doesn't fit for me. Right. So, um, I think that you're doing some mindset work around what is holding you back around it and, and knowing that you don't have to necessarily conquer those. Right. I'm not saying that introverts have to be extroverted. That is never my case. I'm never going to say that. Um, but I think you can then focus on, is it energy management? And knowing that like you have not ever focused on energy management and you've just been at will to whoever comes into your life, whatever meetings get thrown on your calendar, you do them despite being introverted and needing that downtime, totally different thing, right? Versus um, feeling like you have to go to speed networking events and put yourself out there and and be really aggressive um, when you could just play to your strengths of one-on-one relationships and building those there. So I think if you can... um, have a little bit of reflection, which introverts are very good at, um, of why um, why there's a, a holdup for you and what is going on for you, then you can kind of navigate it from there and know that um, networking, while not always the case, can be inclusive. 
it can allow you to be yourself and it can be strength-based. So if your strength is not, um, you know, if you, if you cower in a room full of people, then like, let's not do group networking. <laughs> it's not for you. Um, you might do small group networking, right? Like 60 people, it's very different than 10 people. Um, and then one-on-one, right? So play to your strengths and, and see what fits for you. But I think it all set, starts with mindset first. Yeah. You know, I love it. Love a good mindset first, uh, first shift. But I think what I also got besides the mindset shift is what you said at the end, right? Play to your strengths and, mm-hmm. you know, almost seek out the inclusive experience you're looking for. Like the, yeah. they do exist out there. So I love that. Well, speaking of inclusive experiences that exist out there, you <laughs> have a new program coming out all around authentic networking, which I'm so freaking excited for. Tell us a little bit more about that and where people can learn more about joining. Yeah. So, um, I am, I'm really excited about this program. Uh, it's an, an eight week program that's focused on two things. One providing an inclusive safe space for folks who have felt like networking has let them down. Um, this is where you can come this is it. This is the space you've been looking for. So it's a community. Um, it's a small group community, but it's a community that allows you to be yourself and play to your strengths. Um, and at the same time, you're also learning about different strategies for networking. Because again, nobody teaches you how to network. You're just told, oh, I think I, I need to network. And then you're thrown into these situations where you feel uncomfortable and inauthentic. So um, in the program, while we're networking together, we are learning strategies that are building sustainable, authentic relationships that make others feel included, make you feel good, and um, help you kind of navigate your own energy levels. So um, yeah, and then I have the masterclass that just happened that um, we got to talk about some strategies, do some networking in the in the moment, and got to talk about this program too. So um, the program itself is, you know, the main offering that I'm having with my content, but I'm always posting on LinkedIn around these things and we'll have future masterclasses to come. So I'm really excited about it. Awesome. And can people DM you on LinkedIn to learn more, email you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you to learn more? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. Um, LinkedIn is probably the the easiest way to get a hold of me. You can certainly email me too. Um, but uh, I'm I'm on LinkedIn a lot. <laughs> um, although sometimes I'm not, and and it's because I'm preserving my energy, and that's okay too. And it's okay if you need to do that too. Don't feel like you have to run and <laughs> message me on LinkedIn because you were told to. Do it when it feels right for you. But yeah, please feel free to message me on um, LinkedIn. Happy to jump on um, some coaching consultation calls to see if the program feels right for you and um, and support you and know that you you have a place for networking and it's definitely in that program. I love that. So last question I'm going to ask you that I ask everyone that comes on the show, what are you learning right now? Ugh. Oh my gosh. I'm always learning. I, uh, I am focused a lot on energy management right now. So it really is, um, it continues to be a big piece for me, um, doing some like reading and, and some courses, but then also just like reflecting around like, okay, so I felt like this is going to (laughs) be really good in my energy. Turns out it wasn't. Um, and, and now I won't do that again. Um, and so it's all like a learning process. Um, and actually I just started doing like, uh, a work trade opportunity at my local yoga studio, which I love. Um, so I get to like go and do like the laziest yoga nidra ever. That's just basically lying on the floor for an hour and a half. And then I get to clean afterwards and listen to podcasts, which is like totally fulfilling everything for me and giving me energy back. So, um, so it's all about that learning process of like, what gives me energy, what doesn't and when, um, that's what I'm focused on right now. I love that. Well, Christy, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. Uh, One more time, where can people find you and connect with you? So LinkedIn is going to be the best way to connect with me. You can um, comment on my posts or uh, directly message me. And that's great too. Um, I'm Christy J. Woods on LinkedIn. um, But yeah, that's, that's going to be the quickest and fastest way and know that I'll have future masterclasses and, and um, the program starting really soon. So Yeah, please reach out.
Yes. Reach out to her. Y'all, if you are feeling any certain way around networking, Christy is your person. So Christy, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Mm -hmm. I know this won't be the last time that you're on. So excited for everyone who's going to be in your new program. And I can't wait to see all of the great relationships that come from being coached by you. So thanks so much for hopping on today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.